1: And learning to fly. Wow. A lot has happened since last week's show. I mean, the show before that, we had a hurricane. And uh, since last week's show, I went to the Bahamas on a Virgin Voyage cruise ship. And there, believe it or not, there is an aviation connection to what I saw while I was on board. And Dennis saw Air Force One in Fort Myers. So uh, we've been pretty busy. And uh, I'll tell you, it was a nice distraction from the chaos that we both experienced, Dennis more than I, being that he's in Fort Myers. So, you know, the fact that we had something else on our minds besides weather uh, was, was a welcomed distraction, was it not, Dennis?
2: It sure was. I mean, any excuse to kind of get out of the house and away from the noise of generators and just go do something, uh, you know, more normal was kind of nice.
1: Yeah. And I'm happy to report that both of us have power now. Dennis included. He's good. He, everything getting back to normal in the air park there as much as it can be, I guess, at this point yeah. or
2: what? Uh, I was able to get the uh, airplane out uh, after the show last week. So for the first time, I uh, had to dodge a few brush piles. Uh, the, the airplane just barely clears the debris that uh, is piled on the side of the taxiways. But, you know, we're we're hoping that the county will get out here sooner than later to clean that up. Right.
1: Yeah, right. there's a pretty big mess down there in Fort Myers, so much so that the president came down to Fort Myers to see it uh, firsthand and uh, was right there in Dennis's backyard. So he actually got press credentials to go see the president and even more importantly, uh, Air Force One. That was really your main motivation? <laughs>
2: uh, to be honest, when I called the Air- the uh, White House switchboard to talk to somebody about getting media access, I specifically said, I am wanting to see the airplane. I mean, for the fact that Air Force One is going to be flying right over my house Mm -hmm. and be within five miles of me, I cannot pass this up. Right. And apparently, we are now considered part of the White House press pool. Uh Uh-oh. I've got a badge to prove (laughs) it.
1: (laughs) How about that? So we're a big deal now. Okay. Well, I don't know about that, but chances are they're listening. So. so... You better be on your best behavior. So,
2: they the probably whole, got a drone aimed at the studio. Right. Now.
1: Yeah. It's probably hovering as, uh, uh, you know, overhead as we speak. So, I don't know. Uh, but it was a cool experience just to be a part of that group, I imagine, uh, and and witnessing it firsthand. Right.
2: It was. I mean, I was welcomed into the press, just like, you know, the local news people were there, the new radio photographers, everybody. And I was part of that whole group. I yeah. was able to get up on the platform and be within a wingspan of Air Force One as it taxied in and got to see it land. And then just, you know, you, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance that goes around right? of VIPs when they come into town like that. You know, they, the Secret Service is there with all of the cars that all came in you know a day or two early with uh, the c17 cargo plane to deliver all of the equipment they had marine one marine two they had three uh v22 ospreys that were operated by the Marine Corps as well for hauling the press along so that they could see what Uh, What the president was seeing when he was flying over the disaster. So there was a lot of hardware in the air and it was impressive to see firsthand, especially as an aviation, you know, media personality. This was, this was heaven for me.
1: I bet it. it's kind of makes you feel like you're somebody uh, when you have to go cavity search uh, to boot or no,
2: no, actually the, you know, the dogs come out and sniff me down and uh, you know, a little, a little wand. But um, honestly, I think I've had more invasive searches at the airport.
1: (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, there there's that. But were you impressed by Air Force One? That's the big question.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've always been a fan of the 747. You know, we've talked about that before. But to see that airplane, you know, pull up and how big it is, and then, you know, to watch them pull the air stairs up and the president and first lady walk down and walk right straight over to Marine One and hop onto that helicopter and, and off they go. Uh, it, that's quite the, uh, quite the production. Yeah.
1: Did you wave to him and say anything like, Hey, Mr. President, can I get, uh, no, can you help me with parking a
2: parking ticket or anything? Of, uh, no. Yeah, no. no. Uh, but I was trying to get, you know, talk to somebody from the secret service to see if there was any chance at all that we could get a tour in the airplane, but they're, they're just, that was not going to happen. So. Right. What did we'll he, he say? Figure- like, Oh,
1: hell no. Or did he even respond?
2: No, they, they didn't even give me the time of day. Right.
1: Yeah, they're kind of like those uh, British, you know, guys with the furry hats. If you say something to them, they just totally ignore you,
2: right? No, actually, the the young lady that was uh, kind of monitoring the press pool was actually very, very cordial and very friendly. But, you know, they just – this was very scheduled. You are here from this time to this time, and then as soon as the, the president is off on Marine One – you're back on the bus, and we're taking you back to the parking lot. That's it. Show's over. Hmm. So you know it's very structured. Yeah. Um,
1: but he's not using it. Why didn't they let you uh, go on board? You Air Force One. Why he's on Marine One? Come on.
2: I'm, I'm sure that the the Secret Service has their reasons. Just uh, they just don't share them with us, right? Well, they go on
1: board and probably have a party while he's on the other. <laughs> aircraft or something i don't know
2: who knows it's the only time they get some freedom you know yeah. i don't know maybe
1: right but it was just uh impressive because air force one was so big and being so close to it it was just kind of a, you know one of those kind of moments i guess for you right
2: yeah it really was i mean i had my camera out videoing it of course and you know i was hoping that you know if there was a chance to be able to interview one of the crew or something like that i, I brought a recorder with but uh oh. obviously that didn't work out but who knows maybe maybe now that we've made this connection with the white house press office maybe we can you know, leverage that into a future opportunity.
1: I think we're just asking for trouble, but <laughs>
2: you never know. Hey, I just want to look at the plane, you know,
1: <laughs> I, I, you all. know, and I bet you they don't get a lot of those type of requests, you know, like for people like us, we don't really care about all the politics and all the other nonsense. We'd just like to see the plane. Can we just see the plane? He's not on it right now. Come on, help us out. And uh, who knows, maybe we get lucky and, uh, or they'll throw us in the brig, <laughs> you know? It's one half dozen of the other, isn't it? You think? Um,
2: yeah, fifty. I'll chance, let I'll let
1: you uh, play point on that one then. Uh, so we'll see uh, how that unfolds. But that's pretty exciting stuff. Now, I, uh, on the other hand, went on vacation. <laughs> I had a uh, cruise schedule on a Virgin Voyage cruise ship with some of my dive industry friends. So I didn't see the President or Air Force One, but I just did see... um. You know, like a cross-dresser guy, run around and lip-sync to a song and end with the splits. And that was, was kind that of Neil different. Was that Neil or Walt?
2: No, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't anyone I knew as far oh, as I oh, know. Okay, I thought it was one of the guys that you were with that well, did that.
1: Well, you know, I i mean, it could have been. He, the guy was wearing a lot of makeup. So, you know, it was one of those kind of experiences where you, you can't unsee it. And if you're into that kind of thing, God bless you. But it was impressive that he ended the song with the splits. So I was like, "Ouch!" that's wouldn't that leave a mark. I don't know. But anyway, that was on the boat. But when we uh, you know, went on the cruise ship, the whole focus wasn't necessarily the entertainment. It was because the cruise ship stops off in Bimini for a day. And so we were using it as uh, transportation to get over to the Bahamas and do some scuba diving with sharks, which we did and had a blast. But while I was in Bimini, I saw the other air transport that they have over there for the island of Bimini, which is the closest Bahamian island to the U.S., like 42 miles from like Fort Lauderdale area. And I was really impressed because they have Tropic uh, Ocean Airways, which are which are like uh, Grand Caravan seaplanes, I think. I mean, they're definitely uh, on pontoons. I think they're Grand Caravans. And this, uh, these planes were flying over our dive site quite a bit, delivering people back and forth from the north end of Bimini. And it was pretty cool. That was pretty awesome. And actually, it was uh, the, right there in Allistown where they uh, dropped them off. And I saw the plane, and I was like, gosh, that would be an awesome way to get to the Bahamas. Is that on your list? Is that on your bucket list? I mean, you already knocked off the Air Force One. You want to go to the Bahamas in a seaplane? What do you think, Dennis?
2: I think it would be a blast. I've never flown in a caravan on amphibs. I've flown in a caravan on wheels. I've been in multiple, you know, either amphib or straight float planes because that's where I learned to fly in northern Minnesota, was at a seaplane base. So yeah. I've had a chance, but to actually go to a foreign country in a small seaplane, that'd be a blast. Heck Just- yeah.
1: Something else to add to the list. All right, we got more coming up on Just Plane Radio.
0: Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
2: Who dares approach the great and powerful Roz?
1: Uh, Dennis, uh, Hangar 18 down the street. Silence! The great and powerful Roz knows why you have come. Okay, uh, some spark plug wires and washers for my Mooney 201? Silence! The magnificent Roz has every intention of granting your request. Great! But first, you must prove yourself worthy by bringing me a stick from a Cirrus vision jet. You know, I'm not a fan of the whole flying monkey thing i think i'm going to call aircraft spruce and specialty oh, okay
0: you got me uh, just a man behind the curtain with an aircraft spruce catalog pretty cool though huh you don't need a wizard to find parts for your plane you need aircraft spruce and specialty supplying the aviation industry for over 50 years aircraft spruce and specialty call 877-4-SPRUCE 877-4-SPRUCE or go to aircraft that's aircraft spruce.com Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. The landing is your first impression. It's your it's your superhero handshake. We were all meant to fly, spread your wings across the universe, and the find that it's your time to fly.
1: This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor, co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis, we're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. And uh, getting ready for the big NBAA show right here in our backyard of Orlando, Florida. And uh, Dennis is planning to be there. You know, Keith and uh, Ed from Flight Training Professionals. It's literally at their airport where they're based. uh, Orlando executive, especially Keith, uh, Keith, I should say. But we have a special guest from NBAA on just playing radio right now alex is his name and alex you ran into dennis and do i need to apologize for that interaction or was it a friendly encounter what do you think it was
3: it was a very friendly encounter greg and uh, very much enjoyed uh bonding with dennis uh over mooney's and we met at the airport and uh, just like uh, all of us uh, pilots can relate when you meet somebody at the airport uh it's an instant friendship uh there's no walls uh to break uh, It's just been a a great, great interaction. I'm really looking forward to continuing the friendship uh, with you and Dennis. Well,
1: definitely Dennis. I don't know. After we talk, you may go, hey, I don't want to talk to that Greg guy anymore. But that's a different issue altogether. All right. So from NBAA, what is it exactly that you do uh, for the organization that is going to do their big show next week in Orlando?
3: My focus is on airport advocacy, protecting access uh, to our nation's airports uh, for business and and general aviation, and also focusing on airport safety related issues.
1: Okay. And uh, Dennis, uh, how how does that uh, influence what you're doing? I mean, first off, I mean, I didn't know you were a business aviator, but evidently you are because he has a Mooney, you have a Mooney, or fellow Mooniacs. Does that make you part of the business aviation community, Dennis? What do you think? It
2: sure does. If I'm using my airplane for work, that's part of the business aviation. Right. So if, if I'm going with you and we're going somewhere uh, for something just plain radio related, or I'm flying to bring the Mooney to show, you know, those are all business aviation related functions. Okay. So you don't have to have a business jet to be part of NBAA. You just need to have an airplane and use it for business or the desire to use an airplane for business. Is that, uh, and-
1: is that the only requirement, Alex? Do you think?
3: Absolutely. Uh, there's, there's, um, no requirement necessarily, uh, at all. In fact, anybody can join as a professional member and, uh, benefit from a number of resources, uh, that we have, uh, at NBAA. We, uh, have done a lot of focus on single pilot operations, which uh, we do flying our our Moonies uh, quite a bit. Uh, The challenges that come with flying single pilot and flying on business are multiplied because you're trying to keep a schedule, you're trying to uh, make meetings or get home uh, from from meetings. So it's important to be aware of uh, a number of gotchas, to be well-prepared to use all the resources uh, that you have. Um, And uh, we certainly have a a number of tools uh, to help with that on our single pilot page uh, we do a single pilot safety stand down at uh, nba base our business aviation convention and exhibition that you mentioned coming up in orlando
1: there's a lot of money walking around at that show which is uh, kind of cool to see as well i just didn't put you know the group of mooniacs in that same category but i guess it is i mean you know you're either using it to get to a business meeting or You know, flying around just to have fun.
3: Flew down to uh, Florida where we had the Mooney Summit recently where I met Dennis, for example. And then I continued on down. I visited a number of airports, had a number of meetings. I have extended range tanks. So I was able to make it back to uh, Washington, D.C. from South Florida nonstop very efficient.
1: So how does it differentiate from AOPA and NBAA?
3: Sure. Uh, we focus on slightly different issues. Perhaps you know, uh, AOPA represents a, a lot of the pilots that use their aircraft recreationally, but we also help those who use the aircraft on business. We have a number of resources to help them with taxes. We advocate on Capitol Hill on their behalf.
1: Sure. And then you got the big show that's happening next week in Orlando. We'll cover it as good as we can and, and uh, have some updates on that uh you know here in the next week or two on the show but uh i gotta wonder uh i i always wonder i should say who's gonna show up at this one you know uh, john Travolta, harrison ford uh tom cruise can you give us any uh teases like that or, or you're like in the in the dark when it comes to the celebrities showing up no no
3: no we well, yeah? got lots of celebrities uh, coming so, other than uh,
1: dennis right
3: <laughs> oh, Dennis is, is, is definitely a celebrity, and uh, we're going to have to have special security to keep people away from him. Yeah,
2: well, he is uh, hanging with the, the president the security these security to keep me away <laughs> from the other people. Well, okay. Well, yeah,
1: that's usually my, my role on the show. But, yeah, so,
3: so who's coming? Can you say? Uh, have, yeah, have you guys uh, watched uh, Top Gun Maverick? Sure, we've
1: heard of this movie. <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, there's a pilot named Phoenix. Uh, do you recall? Uh, Phoenix. Parole? Yep, in the movie.
1: Okay, I, what? That's one uh, of. Are you? Is that the actor's name or is that the character's name?
3: That's the. That's the character's name. That's her call sign. Uh, so, Monica Barbera. Oh, okay. Um, sure. TV? Yeah. Uh, Coming wow. To the event and speaking on the second day of the show, along with uh, Kevin Larosa, who is the uh, cinematographer. Oh, He's, wow! Cool. A lot of, um, responsible for a lot of the in-flight cinematography of. So that, that's going to be a, a really neat presentation on the first day. We have uh, Neil- DeGrasse Tyson uh, speaking, and a number of other uh, really innovative speakers. We have a lot of focus on advanced air mobility, uh, those types of things. so just uh, okay. it's, So it's a lot be... of
1: people that Dennis is going to have to stay far away from. Is what no, you're saying.
3: no, Dennis can get close. I think. You don't know yeah, him COVID, that well,
1: Alex. COVID I especially mean. <laughs>
3: Florida's kind of over, right? So uh, people are huggers now. So okay, Dennis, all right, Dennis can get close.
1: Well, look, he got through Secret Service. I guess NBAA uh, show will be a piece of cake for you, Dennis. What do you think?
2: <laughs> well, and I think Neil deGrasse Tyson will be uh, definitely a, a person to talk to. Uh, he's made the news recently as he's been uh, calling out uh, some of the uh, uh, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Special effects and whatnot, and how he was saying that uh, Maverick should probably be dead if he would have ejected from that airplane. So it'll be interesting to see how many people call him out uh, on his analysis of a 7,000 mile an hour ejection and things like that. It'll mm-hmm. be kind of fun. Well, you, there you go.
1: You'll have your mission uh, to go uh, chat with him at the uh, big show there next week dennis all right well alex uh, great stuff uh well, once again if you have any business aviation connection at all you should be a part of mbaa and just go to mbaa.org and get uh, get signed up and get info about the show and everything that's right there isn't it
3: absolutely come to the show become a professional member uh we we have that new uh membership category uh bring your friends uh come check out uh, the exhibits both at the convention center uh, in Orlando uh, as well as at the Orlando Executive Airport we have uh, an aircraft display with over 70 aircraft ranging in all types shapes sizes fixed wing rotorcraft uh, it's going to be just an awesome awesome show this year and uh, especially if you're in Florida and this is a unique opportunity because we're not going to be in Orlando for the next few years, we're going to be in in Vegas. So come out next uh, Tuesday, the eighteenth through Thursday, October twentieth. There you Hope go. To see you there.
1: See all the aviation toys you could uh, wish you could afford.
3: <laughs> some uh, of not it, toys, not toys. These, these are very important. These are tools. Tools. tools yeah.
1: That's what I meant to say. Yeah. That's yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right, we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio.
0: Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. With just plain radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Sure. You gonna
2: ride shotgun with me, help
0: me fly? That's the plan. Yeah.
1: This is Just Plain Radio. Greg, your co pilot, that's me, law. Captain Dennis, we're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. Uh, MBAA show happening in Orlando next week. Dennis will be there. I have another commitment uh, to be on a cruise ship again. It's I don't know. It's a nutty It's tough uh, life. to be you, Greg. It is. Uh, sometimes it's just overwhelming. And sometimes it is it is pretty good to be me. I'm not going to complain about it because it's, it's a fun time for sure. But I would like to be there at the show and looking at all those toys. I mean, tools that uh, business aviators use. It is an impressive display of machinery at both the convention center and, you know, the uh, planes there at Orlando Executive. You know, whether it's the Honda Jet latest version or... Uh, Some of these big, you know, I don't know, the biggest airplane they have is sometimes they'll bring in these uh, aircraft that the sports teams use, and you get to, you know, see how they uh, travel, and it's it's awe-inspiring. the
2: Boeing business jets and things like that. I mean,
1: you know, uh, Air Force One is one thing, but some of these uh, aircraft that they put on display and let you look at it's like, golly, if I could could be part of this group and fly like this around the world— Oh, that would be sweet. Lifestyles of the rich and famous, you know, kind of stuff, you know, and uh, one can dream. You can aspire to having that, uh, you know, that that machinery at your disposal, you know, or just try to schmooze up to someone who does. And that's where you could you could network maybe, you know, uh, suck up to Phoenix. He probably has lots of money and probably in the market for a new uh, fighter jet. Anyway, wouldn't you think, Dennis?
2: Well, if uh, Top Gun was any indication, I think her uh, her star is definitely rising. Yeah, so, so she could be uh, you know right up there with Tom Cruise as far as uh, you know a list. Fire a
1: coke, schmoozer, whatever you got to do. All right, just try to you know uh, open a door for us uh, before security realizes who she's talking to, <laughs> and uh, escort you off the premises. Uh, I think our our odds are much better, being that I won't be there in that regard. I guess so. We have that going for us. But, you know, I kid, only slightly, because it is awe-inspiring. If you're into airplanes, that show, the National Business Aviation Association Trade Show, is impressive any way you look at it. But but they do a lot of great work, and, and it's not all, you know... Lifestyles of the rich and famous. I mean, uh, there is a, a reason why they put these things on display to make the infrastructure for business aviation just that much better and efficient around the country because it affects everyone not just the people that fly those planes
2: right well well as alex said it they're they're not toys they're tools mm-hmm. and those tools can be used in many different ways big businesses and banks need to get people out to these small community banks where if you were to have to fly into the the nearest large commercial airport it might be you know a whole day worth of uh, road trips to get to and from uh, to be able to have these meetings and get these loans to build some new business or new factory where they can fly them into a small airport right up next to where they need to be and still be able to be back home or maybe even take in three different business meetings in the same afternoon. It makes them more effective, makes them more efficient, and it's an advantage that GA has. We see that now in this, you know, in the post hurricane disaster, how valuable general aviation is. Uh, Operation Airdrop is one of the many charitable organizations that has been leveraged to deliver supplies to the people that are st- trapped on uh, Pine Island and Captiva and Sanibel where the roads are out. But there's runways there. Right. If you can land an airplane, you can offload toilet paper, water, cleaning supplies, food, baby formula, whatever. All of that can be you know packed into the back of a Bonanza or a Baron and flown anywhere in a moment's notice. Well, that's exactly first- what's happening.
1: A lot of times, uh, general aviation ends up being the first responders to those parts that uh, get affected by some kind of massive event like Hurricane Ian. And uh, so, I mean, you and your air park there in Fort Myers, did anybody end up doing that? Or how, how did that affect you being you were in the in the thick of it right there?
2: Well, Fort Myers, um, we're you know blessed to have many general aviation airports. I live on one of them, and you know it's actually uh, home to the mosquito control and the Lee County Sheriff. Well, they have actually taken over one of the two runways here and have staged a lot of the federal emergency uh, reso- response resources. They've had a lot of linemen are camping out here, you know, to be able to service the electrical. They've got. You know, hundreds of backup generators, trailers full of equipment and supplies is all staged out of here as a central location. Why? Because we have the space, we have the roads, we have the access, and then you've got the helicopter operations coming in and out. Fort Myers International has actually become a National Guard base uh, with all the helicopters and, you know, Ospreys and all the other things that they have out of there. Page Field became a Coast Guard base, and they were running all sorts of operations out of these GA airports. So for the people that think that General Aviation Airports, we don't need them, I'm talking to you out in California, uh, think about what would happen in a natural disaster and having a central point that you can stage people, equipment, resources, and be able to get stuff in and out and get close to uh, the environment. Imagine trying to get everything in LAX in an earthquake in LA. Um, it'd be a lot better if you can get into Santa Monica and some of these other small airports and be able to get materials and equipment and people uh, closer to where the disaster is. Right. And we overlook that. And it's it's unfortunate that some people are so narrow minded to just think it's a a place for the one percent to use their toys when it really has a much larger impact to the entire community. Whether no it's doubt. a business uh mm-hmm. trying to conduct uh you know banking transactions or uh you know uh growing a business just by having that access or Emergency response, things like that. There's a lot of good use uh, that comes out of a, a general aviation airport.
1: I think uh, GA and uh, probably business aviation, for that matter, takes a bad rap in California just because all they see is like you know Kanye West and Taylor Swift trying to get to their you know next concert and kind of associate yeah, a, a five all minute of flight
2: it. by business jet instead of a half hour car ride. Right.
1: No, and I I digress. I should have been a Yi. is his new name. Kanye. He's he's going by Yi. So, but but there's more to it, but they could still use their planes, you know, for good, too. I mean, did, did they even go around the air park where you were and say, hey, we could use some uh, GA assistance to fly some stuff here or there? Or did they have so much support down there in Fort Myers, they didn't even approach you guys figuring you're in, uh, you know, had your own issues being too close to the activity?
2: Like, I'm sure that there was people here within the airpark that we offering, but uh, they're certainly not going to come solicit our airplanes. That that starts treading on commercial operations. But what we were seeing is, like, in Naples, Operation Airdrop had so many pallets of stuff. They couldn't get enough flights in and out of these airports to get the supplies delivered, and they wound up uh, partnering with the Cajun Navy to actually bring in a lot of that stuff on private boats uh, mm. where they could as well. Right. So, massive amount of community support and uh for this whole response and it has been just you know overwhelming and many assets well but people are no they're doubt. bringing stuff down from puna Gorda bringing it in from Naples uh Tampa airports all of that's been flown in trucked in uh getting it to where they can and the GA airports have been critical to that
1: right yeah and as far as the uh runway where you are uh, you guys didn't have any damage at all to the runway or any issue other than losing power for a week or so, right?
2: Yeah, we lost power, which uh, took out the gates. Uh, we had the wind actually knocked over one gate. Uh, they've since fixed that. But, you know, overall, the airport came out relatively unscathed. There, a couple of the buildings that are owned by the county um, had some roof damage. Uh, but, yeah, we were we, we were spared a lot of the destruction that you saw in the news uh, you know, closer to the Gulf. But like your
1: taxiway is open now. Uh, they yes. picked up the rubbish enough so you guys can get your planes out. And you flew uh, this past, uh, what, Sunday or Monday? Is that what actually, it was?
2: Actually, Saturday and Sunday. So All right. the show and on Sunday, I was able to get out and go fly.
1: Okay. So he got his flying fix in. We got to talk a little bit about that. I mean, it, was it eventful or was it just to get out there and get your fix?
2: No, I actually had to get out and go do training. Ah, okay. I get, see. You wait Some work. people still want to learn. Well,
1: speaking of training, I actually have an update on my FAA third-class medical
0: certificate that I've been uh, trying to get a special issue in for. That's coming up next. Just plain radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
3: What do we do now? Now, we fix the plane, and we fly back across the mountains
0: together. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines.
1: This is Just Plane Radio, Gregor Copilot. That is me, along with Captain Dennis. So, uh, the FAA has... uh, Got all the paperwork. I got all the tests that they required of me to get a special issuance to get a third-class medical. dentist. Uh, it's being submitted as we speak, and uh, you know they made me jump through a couple hoops because of my open art surgery over six months or six years ago, I should say, and uh, it's been a while. Been, been uh, you know I we were we were working with Doctor Bush at our AV Doc Fifty One. And uh they are uh they got everything they need. I was just informed before the show today that they're getting ready to submit everything to the FAA, but he thinks it looks great and that we should have no issue and should be getting uh hopefully an approval from the FAA uh promptly after they receive the package of uh you know, information. You know, I had to do a stress test and all this stuff and uh, you know, I passed with flying colors, but you know, all the paperwork you have to submit. It's it's a big thick you know, book of nonsense, if you ask me, but they got to have it to give me the special wish one. So how do you feel about that?
2: Well, that's uh, the most progress that I have seen in over six years yeah. this, on this show. So that's that's a huge step forward. So, uh, you know, maybe uh, I have to try to come up to Orlando and go fly with you and get you in the Mooney to get you kind of inspired maybe or motivated.
1: Right. Well, I, I'm inspired. I'm I'm motivated. I have no issue there. It's just a no, matter we're, of we're
2: getting closer. I,
1: yeah, I mean I, now I just got to wait for them to say, "Okay, here's your certificate, and you're good to go." So I, I'm hoping that once they have all this stuff, I won't have to wait another two months for an approval. But you know, basically the whole how the whole process worked, what and we talked about this with Doctor Bush, you know, our AV Doc Fifty One guy down there in Kissimmee. And he helped me, you know, work through it. And, you know, he said, it's going to take a while to do this. And we're going to submit the first request. And then it's going to take them like two, three months to reply back. And they're going to say, okay, look, we can't give it to you right now. We need this, this, and this, this. You know, like a stress test. You had to do this. You got to submit the doctor's report. And I had to, you know, schedule some extra, you know, cardiologist visits with my doc and all that kind of stuff to get, uh, you know, everything in writing that they requested. Which a lot of it seemed to be a bit overkill, but hey, it is what it is. They got to do what they got to do. So I've done that and it's taken a little bit of time. I, I was, you know, it was, it, the one thing I will say about that whole process, Dennis, and we talked about this at the beginning, that this was going to take several months and it did. But, you know, the initial waiting of literally two to three months for them just to come back and say, okay, you got to do this, this, and this. It, was, it seems like they could have done that quicker. And we actually had to call them and say, hey, why is it taking so long? And evidently, that's a fairly common uh, thing that Dr. Bush said they have to do when they're working with the FAA. It's just how the system uh, moves, which is very, very slow. But once they did call them and say, hey, it's been you know two months. Uh, we should have heard back from you right now. They promptly replied within that week and said, okay, yep. Well, okay, you're, uh, we've gotten your request, and we need this, this, and this from you. Which it was like a form letter, you know. We need, you know, you have this heart issue in your past, so you're going to have to jump through these hoops. But it was, it was definitely a form type of uh, response. But the kicker was, is that you have sixty days. You know They put a time limit on it, and, and as soon as I got the letter, the next day I was leaving for a two-week trip to Fiji, which was a little annoying because I was like, all right, wait, I waited over two months, and now you're going to sit there and say, I got 60 days, and you give me this letter the day before I leave the country. That was, uh, yeah, Dennis got an earful about that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yes, I did. And, and then nope. when I got back, I actually got a little bit of it done the day before I left, I got some, you know, uh, like doctor's appointments scheduled, and then when as soon as I got back, I had like a week of, of stress test, cardiologist, da da da, you know, all this crap I had to jump through It was kind of annoying, but I got it done. So, you know, but so I'm within the window. But uh, so I was going to
2: ask, you know, sixty days seemed like enough time. You weren't uh, weren't pushed. That wasn't going to be your stress test. Was can I get all this stuff put together in sixty days?
1: Yeah, that was more stressful than anything. <laughs> Absolutely cuz I was afraid it was going to go past you know the limits but uh but yeah I got it done uh, yesterday and like I said the staff there at AV Doc 51 said they got it they're going to submit it and they're good to go and we're about a week we got about a week uh left within that window, so it should be good to go. And now the question is, like I said, for them to take that, digest it, will, I, will it be another two months, or will it, they turn this around quickly? I would expect it to be pretty quick, wouldn't you think? What's your well, prediction? Well, you got
2: to remember, everything is on FAA time. It took them oh, two to three don't months tell me to that. first look at it. Now it goes back into somebody's pile. It'll take them two to three months to go no! through that pile. do you
1: really think it'll be like that again? I don't think it'll be that. Let,
2: let's hope not. Yeah,
1: I mean, you, they just got to... Uh, you know, go through the file, all the stuff that they requested, and just make sure they don't see any red flags. That shouldn't take long to do at all, I would think. But
2: you know, again, it's on a it's on FAA time, so you uh, know, one week is a month and two months. I, is
1: <laughs> I'm predicting that by the end of uh by the first of November, I I think I'll hear back from. Them. That's what I'm hoping for. If they take longer than that, I'm going to be very annoyed. I I I want this to be my Christmas gift uh, from the FAA uh, before the holiday set. If we get into like Thanksgiving and stuff, then it's definitely going to get bogged down. So I'm hoping they'll get it done. You know, between like you know Halloween and and uh, you know Thanksgiving. How about that? Well,
2: well, and conveniently, this is the cooler time of the year, so you won't uh, sweat in the cockpit when we finally get you back in there, right? Correct. This is all part of your grand plan, isn't it? Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. Way to, you know, New Year's resolution, flying the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, who wants to fly when it's hot and sweaty out there? I mean, you don't. Even though, you know, you relocated to Fort Myers uh, from Minnesota, you used to not have any issues of of, uh, getting hot in your aircraft, being that it was usually pretty cool
2: up there, right? Yeah, generally that wasn't a problem. In fact, you know, we had preheaters, and I, I got a kick out of it when I was in Tampa at the Mooney Summit because I saw somebody's open hangar across the field, and I'm like, what is that? And I realized that they had a portable air conditioner in their hangar to cool their plane down before they go flying. Uh-huh. And I just the irony of Minnesota needing a portable heater to warm it up so you can start the engine, and here in Tampa they have air conditioners to cool their planes down before you go flying. Right.
1: Well, that, I always thought that was strange with uh, flight training professionals. Their air conditioner was a, well, was a pillow. Well, it was a pillowcase filled with an uh, ice pack. <laughs> and, and as part of our, uh, you know, protocol to, before we did our uh, walk around is we go to the refrigerator, pull the ice packs out of the freezer and put it in a pillowcase and walk out there with, uh, you know, the the book. And uh, the checklist and everything. And I was like, what are we doing? We're going to sit on it. <laughs> it's called Redneck Florida Air Conditioning. And uh, and actually, ironically, it worked quite well. I was really impressed because it'd be like 90 degrees outside or higher. And uh, it was pretty warm. But you'd sit on that ice pack. You're like, hey, I feel pretty good.
2: I might take yeah, this techni-
1: technique home and put it in the trading. car. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, and when you're doing flight training, you're generally down low, so you don't really get a repeat reprieve. What's nice for the kind of flying I generally do is, you know, if I'm going somewhere, you get up above uh, four or five thousand feet, and the temperature and humidity drop off, so it's actually right. kind of enjoyable. True. But uh, slogging it out in the pattern, the humidity—you can feel the humidity increase as you descend. It's like, ugh. well,
1: well, there's that, but just taxiing around is the is the real killer. That's when uh,
2: the heat can get you.
1: So you found a portable battery-operated air conditioner... And that's what's on your Christmas list now?
2: There's a product out there called Zero Breeze, and it's a small, portable air conditioner. It's designed for, like, camping. It's a little battery-powered air conditioner. That could be kind of interesting in the airplane. I wonder how that would work. I talked to the company that makes this. It's called Zero Breeze. Check them out online. But it certainly could make that taxi out a little bit more enjoyable.
1: Well, it sounds like it would, and and, uh, would be something to add to the Christmas list for Captain Dennis, sounds like to me. And on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Till next time, remember... There's no
2: better high than learning to fly.